Thank you, Lord. Let's just throttle back. Lord, this is your season, not ours. And Father, we, we take a stand not to get caught up and just sucked into this pressure. This pressure of comparison. Pressure of performance. It's this pressure, Lord. It's about you and it's about loving the people you've put in our lives and you're putting in our lives. So Lord, we, we honor you this morning with a lifted heart, with a lifted hand. And we thank you for being who you are. We thank you for that manger and that baby scene. We thank you for those years of ministry, which is three and a half. We thank you for the 30 years of prep which includes taking care of your mother and your brothers, half-brothers and sisters. We thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of life's loving you and loving people. But Father, we, we push against all these things. We, we reject them. We will not be pressured. We will not be pushed. We will not be forced this Christmas season, but we'll be led. Everybody say, be led. We'll be led by your spirit, which is full of peace, which is peace. And Jesus, you said the Holy Spirit's always going to point back to you and Father. So we just brush those things off. We thank you to be more than enough to do what you've called us to do. We thank you the gifts that we give will be given of heart and grace and not necessarily dependent on how much they cost or where they come from. And we thank you for the sincerity and the keenness of our spirit to be ready to help bless anyone you put in our path. Starting with our family. Starting with, secondly, our friends. And even our foes. People that have odd against us. But Father, we just, we disengage from all that pressure today. And we'll be led by peace and we'll operate in unity. And Father God, we just thank you for today. This is the day you made and we'll rejoice and be glad in it. And we proclaim this will be the best Christmas ever. The best Christmas ever. And we won't forget all the great ones behind, even some when we were kids. But this is the day you made, and, and we have new places, and some of us have begun new families, and some of us have older families, but some of us have new friends. This is a church where friends become family. And we're going to celebrate this Christmas season by just lifting you up, Lord Jesus, and honoring you. And then you'll guide us and show us on everything from where we eat, when we eat, what we eat, what we give, what we share, what we do, who we help. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, look at your neighbor and say, no pressure. No, but look at somebody else and say, no pressure. Amen. Amen. This is our, uh, this is our Sunday quarterly to do receive... Um, to receive uh, the Lord's Supper. So uh, Chastity's going to come up and lead us in that and help us understand the power of communion, just the power of receiving communion in Jesus' name. All right. Good morning. Go ahead and get this ready. Um, this morning as we um, receive communion, the Hebrew means, communion means in Hebrew, partnership, 
sharing, and joining. Amen? We're joining with Jesus. In Matthew 26, the disciples, that when they gathered around at the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, they, they were eating with, with Jesus. That's what they were doing, was, was communing, communing with Jesus. And this Christmas season, as just like Pastor said, as we 2018 comes to a close and as we go about our busy lives, we don't want to forsake communing with Jesus. Amen? The very reason we celebrate Christmas, the very reason we take communion, amen, is for Jesus. And he knew what he was about to do on that cross. He knew what was facing him. But he took communion with the disciples because he wanted them to commune with him. Amen? He wanted them to have the power that he knew that they could have through his blood. Amen? He wanted that for us. He wants that for us today. That same power 2,000 years ago is the same power that is today for us. It's available to us. He took the cup, and that cup is for us. Amen? His body was broken for us, for power. And that body is for us. Amen? In that body is power. It heals sickness, disease, anxieties, infirmities, dysfunctional families, brokenness, death, hell, and the grave is defeated in the blood of Jesus. Amen? And we get to commune and have that same power that he has. There is power in the blood. Amen? Let's say it today. There is power in the blood. Power in the blood. Matthew 26 says, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, eat. This is my body. You may take the bread. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. For the forgiveness of sins. You may take the cup. For forgiveness. He came for forgiveness. He didn't wait till they got cleaned up. He didn't wait till they started making better decisions. He didn't wait till they thought that they were worthy enough. He forgave them just as they are. Just as they was. Amen? He forgives us just as we are. Let us never forget what he done. And Lord, we thank you for communion. Let's pray. Lord, we just give you this day. We thank you that we can come freely to the, to the throne of grace through your blood on the cross of Calvary. Father God, we thank you that what you did through Jesus saved our lives, saved us from darkness, saved us from sin, saved us from dysfunction, saved us from problems. Father God, your blood, the answer is in the blood of Jesus Christ. There is healing in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And all you want us to do is to receive it. Receive the free gift. Father God, we thank you that as we come upon this Christmas season, we know, we know that we know what it is all about. It's about you, Jesus. This is your season. And not just this one season, but every day of our lives is for you. We give you all the glory and honor for our lives. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we came. You're the reason we've got a victory over death, hell, and the grave. It's all about you, Jesus. 
and we thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Chassie. Thank you, Frank. Amen. Well, how many is excited about Christmas? How many is excited about ending this year? How many is looking forward to 2019? How many wants to put a bow on 2018? How many wants to finish strong? How many wants to do what God's called us to do? How many wants to settle some things um, in your heart? And um, uh, we're going to talk about that today. I want you to turn in, in the Bible with me to Matthew chapter 9. Next week is our Bring a Friend. Um, Sunday, we're going to add to that. And I'm believing that every one of us is um, going to take three invites. And you just don't have to have a little card to invite, but it sometimes helps break the ice. But I'm believing we're going to help people experience the best Christmas of their life but understanding what Jesus has done for them and what Jesus has accomplished in their life. And how many knows at least three people in your family? We're going we're to target three groups this week in inviting people. Well, Pastor, why would you wait till the week before? Because sometimes we forget stuff if it gets out there too early. Sometimes we let up on how many say amen. So we can focus on this. been praying about it. We have three target groups to invite people to come to church. Now, we're inviting people who don't know Christ. We're inviting people who might have walked with the Lord, but they have um, got off track like I did for several years in my life and some of you. And then we're inviting people who are just unhappy and broken and bruised. But we're going to target three groups of those people. Number one, family. How many's got at least one person in your family that needs the Lord? How many's got one person in your family at least that knows the Lord, but they're not, inv not involved in church? They're not involved in family of God anymore. Okay, and then how many's got somebody in, in your family that just is just so messed up and so unhappy, only the Lord can straighten them out. Okay, so our first target group is our family. That's men and women, boys and girls, could be a, uh, could be a mate, could be a father, a mother, could be in-laws, outlaws, could be uh, children, it, it could be anybody in your blood family, in your blood family. And uh, we're, is mom here? Where's mom? Mom, could you come up here a minute? We'll light this thing up. All right. Jimmy, would you turn that on and give it to her? Sometimes when this gets close to mine, it barks. So, Mom, I want you to pray over that because Mom mom has a desire. Um, come on up here, Mom. So, This is Mom. Do you have any problem with me? Take it up with her. <laughs> I am her fate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shauna's the baby and Dooley's in the middle. So. But anyway. I asked mom uh, about a month ago, I said, <clears throat> what, what do you want to do? I said, uh, um, I want you to live another 10, 15 years. I mean, I'll drive you around. I drove her. Me and mom went shopping at Kroger's the other day. It caused quite the stir. I'm sure we ended up on Facebook. <laughs> How somebody's big as me has a little cart. But anyway, anyway, me and mom was getting some stuff. But I asked mom, I said, what do, what do you want to do, mom? What, what, are you, what are you staying here for? And she told me two things. You remember those two things you told me? Well, the one. What's the one? I'll fill the great revival. Don't fill that thing. Oh. Tell me that. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about the great revival. You know, that's just all the stake. Christmas, a lot of us has really kind of lost the meaning of Christmas or what it's all about. 
And I believe in giving um, very much. And God blesses us. You know, he gives so much to us. But if we could just stop and realize just how much he loves us, it's almost beyond our comprehension, you know, just how much he loves us. But if we could just realize how much he loves us and realize what he's done for us, and it was nothing but prepare a home in heaven, I mean, to take us from the pit of hell, the only one that could save us. And, yeah. when, you know, if we could just get that down in there, some of these other things wouldn't mean as much to us here on this earth because we're only here for a short time. It doesn't seem like I could be 86 years old, but I am 86 years old. And, you know, if we get this, especially you young people could realize this, just, you know, it's all about him. And he will bless us. I mean, he says, give and it should be given to us. Good measure, shut down, you know, he'll bless us. But we, um, as a country, at my age, I've seen such a change. And we need to get back and put first things first, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Come in to serve him. And be excited about it, you know, and that we can lead others to him. You know, and that's, that's what I'm praying for, for revival to start in our church. And then, and then we will be revived and be doing what we're supposed to be doing. And then the, we'll bring others in. The Lord will do it, but use us. Amen. So that's all, all of you pray for a great revival coming up. Amen. <laughs> you said one other thing. What was the other thing? All your grandkids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All my grandkids, and I t we have two great and great grandkids. <laughs> what you got some great ones too? Yes, well, so I, oh, I have okay. two great grandbabies. Go ahead, man. And, Sit down. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm, 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 I'm blessed. I'm truly blessed with all my. But some of them is some of my grandchildren is not involved. They have not got priorities straight yet. You know, so I'm believing that they will get priorities straight and and serve the Lord and bring their children up in the admonition and the love of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Father God, we come before you this morning and just help us as Christians to live a life that pleases you. Yes, Lord, we just ask that. And, and for, for those out there that seems to put everything before you that for us as Christians and we pray for them that they will turn their hearts and lives over to you and serve you Lord we don't know when you're coming back but we just pray that millions and thousands of people will come to know you before you come back and Lord we just give you praise and thank you for the many blessings that you give us but Lord we just love you and just pray for this revival that's coming up we just pray for the ministers. It starts with our ministers to be just dedicated to you and that the Holy Spirit will work in their lives and we, we will see signs and wonders in our church performed by you. And we just give you glory and give you praise for all that you do for us in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Mom. Everybody got that? <laughs> Amen. 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 All right, let's look at what Jesus said here. We're talking about Christmas, and we're talking about helping people find their way. We're talking about us being healed as we go. I mean, he's got some stuff you need fixed. You need fixed this 
end of this year, first of next year. I mean, he's got some stuff going on. And we, we see a model of Jesus here, I do, in, in the Bible, of what he did. And let's start in uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And let's look at that this morning. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went about all through the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, for he, he felt and had compassion for them because they were distressed, they were dispirited, they were lost, they were confused like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers or laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We see a model here of what Jesus did. We see what Jesus did as he not only began uh, God's reach to people on this earth, but the consistency of what he did. Number one, let's look back at the scripture. And it said he went about to all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues. Everybody say teaching. Number one thing Jesus did was to teach. When you teach someone something, you're enabling them to do something well. You're imparting unto them. So he went to the church first. Just like mom just exhorted us and encouraged us, she went to the church first. How many here love the Lord with all your heart this morning? That's why you're here. How many wants to see change in, in life? We talked about our three target groups. Family first. Our family. Nobody's going to love your family like you love your family. Your physical family. I mean, that should be, you know, the way it is. That should be our desire in our heart. So our number one group is family. Our number, number two group that we're targeting this week are friends. How many has some friends who don't know the Lord? Or how many has some friends who've walked away from the Lord? How many has some friends just broken or bruised? Our number two talk, uh, target group is friends. And the Bible teaches us if we want to have friends, we must show ourselves. The Bible also talks about friends that are, that'll stick with you closer than a brother. And the Bible also talks about those friends who are born for adverse times, adverse adversity. So we have our families, that's a target group. We have friends, and I like to put in foes. Is there anybody here has someone just not real crazy about you? Has anybody got any foes that you know of? Just don't like the way you dress or drive or don't like your political party, don't like, your, don't like, him, don't like what you named your kid, whatever. The Bible says that we're to reach out in love to our foes. To, we're to pray for those who neglected us, abused us, overlooked us. And I'm asking you in these three party areas this week, who people who've been overlooked, that we're going to go through a party for them. Jesus had a great story, a true story in Luke chapter 14 about a guy who had a, a party. Jesus was a master at throwing a party. He had huge fish, fr fish fries. He, he fed people. He ministered to people. He delivered people. Jesus always invaded the darkness with light and hope. That's what I'm asking me and you to do is just take the hope of Jesus Christ into dark situations and tell people, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but Jesus is the answer. How many say amen? amen. He's the hope that will anchor your life until the manifestation of what you're believing for comes to pass. And I want to give you hope this morning, you and me, that we have enough hope in us to give it to others. So Jesus went about teaching, and those three people were in his groups all the time, family, friends, and foe. Those three people were always in wherever he was. And even at times they questioned who was his real family. At times he would answer back, who is my mother and my brethren? but those who believe and act upon the Word of God. 
So we're going to be doing the same thing Jesus does, just living out life. And we're going to deal with our family. We're going to deal with our friends. And we're going to deal with our foe. And Jesus was a master of throwing parties. He told this story in, in Luke 14 about a guy who prepared a great banquet. Guys, here's what we're called to do in our weekend services, in our small groups. Here's what we're called to do on Wednesday night. Throw a banquet. Throw a banquet where people come, they're filled with something. They're filled with hope. They're filled with the Word of God. They're filled with the love of God. You know, um, uh, I'm just talking prior to service about talking to someone. He was in on something yesterday that was filled with shame. And somebody came in in the name of the Lord and shamed people. You don't do this. You don't do that. Jesus then went, never went around with shame. Jesus wasn't the shame master. I may say amen. Jesus wasn't passing judgment. Judgment was placed on Jesus. So you and I can be redeemed free. Some of us grew up that we really couldn't love ourselves. You can't love yourself. I'm telling you something. If we realize who Christ is in us, you can love yourself. You can kiss yourself right in the mirror of God's Word and stand in front of the mirror. I don't care if you weigh 125, 25, 425. I don't care what color. You can kiss yourself in the mirror and say, God's so happy he made me. Because if you don't love yourself, you're going to draw people to you that don't love themselves, and you ain't got nothing to give them. I'm not talking about being egotistic. I'm not talking about being narcissistic. I'm not talking about being full of pride. I'm talking about loving the uniqueness the way God made you. There's nobody on this earth just like you. There's nobody thinks just like you. There's nobody looks just like you. There's nobody has the same DNA just like you. And Jesus went about teaching the goodness of God. So the first thing he did, he went into the synagogue and taught. He taught the people of the day in the church, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He taught them the word of God. His main audience was the religious people. And Jesus was, was teaching instruction on right living and action in God's kingdom based on grace, not on law. Well, it didn't go too good. He had a lot of rejection. I just don't want you to get upset when you have rejection and excuses when you keep loving and reaching people, reaching out for Christ. Excuses is part of the game. Rejection is part of the game. How many say amen? And I want to encourage you when you share the love of God and the Word of God, whether it's in a small group, one-on-one, -on -one, at work, weekend, wherever you are, family, friend, foe, whatever island you're on, that you're doing exactly what Jesus did. And what Jesus did, He taught the Word. He was the Word. And good teaching demands action. When you and I get through sharing and teaching, some of us in there are teachers in our, in our school system. Some of us are teachers in vocations. Some of us are teachers... When you get through, you want them to do what you've taught them to do, right? And hopefully do it better than you, you can do it. Amen? Hopefully. And so the first thing he did was teach. The next, the next thing he did, Jesus went about preaching. He preached. Preaching is exhortation. It is letting people know there's a way out. It's letting people know you don't have to drown. There's letting people know God's got a place for you and Jesus paid a price. Preaching is, is just so much involved in what Jesus did. And preaching is different from teaching because it's announcing and declaring the good news, the kingdom of God is here, and I brought it. That's what Jesus said. Well, how many here is born again this morning? Just wave at me. You have the good news on the inside of you, and you have something good to say, and you can tell them about Jesus. 
I mean, we all grew up that way, bragging on brothers or sisters or uncles or cousins. And How many's ever on school bus and said this? I bet my daddy can whip your daddy. How many's ever said something like that? I, I bet my mama, you know, I bet my mama's turkey's better. We, we always, you know, you see my brother, you see my cousin, did you see my, my sister, did you see this? Bragging on somebody. How about them wildcats yesterday almost got beat? But, but, and by the way, Georgia got beat in the last quarter by Alabama. And there's already one, and they were beating Alabama. You're talking about redemption. The kid that had been replaced in last year's championship game, Galen Hurts, they put him in, in, in the latter part of the game, and they scored two touchdowns because he had been replaced with Tua, and he kept his heart right. I'm telling you, keep your heart right. There's days of redemption. How many say amen? And somebody whistle for you. You got to get in there. And he led them to two touchdowns. And I agree with Herb, uh, Kirk, uh, Kirk Herb, Herb Street. I believe Georgia stood being the Final Four. It doesn't matter what you think. I said, Pastor, get off football. All right, back to preaching. Amen. <laughs> Jesus went about declaring the goodness of his Father. And we share that same proclamation today. We serve a good, good God. We just sung about it. How many say amen? amen. And Romans 10 says this, verse 14. It says, how will they call upon him in whom they've not believed? Paul is telling us, get, get with it, guys. Get with preaching and teaching and loving and sharing. He said, how are they going to believe in him of whom they never heard? And how are they going to hear without someone preaching? And how are they going to preach unless they're sent? And then it said, how beautiful it is written in the word of God. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now I want you to look at your neighbor's feet, not your feet. Everybody stare at your neighbor's feet. I mean, you go see a lot of different sights. But anyway, and say, you've got beautiful feet. Now, look at your own feet and say, my feet are prettier than when I left home this morning. Amen. Because your feet are anointed to take the gospel in preaching and teaching atmospheres, one-on-one, -on -one, small groups, many on the Internet, wherever you want to do it, the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel's not only for those who have not yet believed, it's for you and me who believe. I get encouraged every time I hear the gospel, every time I see you, every time I hear of God moving in a testifying way, I get moved and it blesses my feet. And the gospel isn't just the ABCs of Christian faith. The gospel is the A to Z of our walk. How many ever here had a tough day or a tough week or a tough month? How many of those God's a God that can turn things around suddenly? I mean, suddenly the, the jail doors were open and Paul and Silas come out of there. How many say amen? That very jail you've been bound in, God's deliverance can lead not only you, but everybody in that jail with you to freedom and victory and glory. Amen. I want to encourage you never to give up on God. And I want to encourage you never to give up on what God is doing in your life. The third thing in the model of Jesus is healing. He went about preaching. He went around teaching and preaching. And the Bible says he healed every disease and every kind of sickness. That's what mom's talking about, miracles. Miracles can occur in many ways, sizes, shapes, and forms. But I want to tell you, healing of physical bodies and psychological problems in our minds and whatever's going on, healing is the dinner bell calling people to Christ. Healing. Now, healing alone won't do it. People have to understand why we were healed, how we were healed, what the cost of it was for Christ. But physical healing, mental and emotional healing, 
financial healing, whatever the healing is. It is a word-driven ministry. Jesus met to all three parts of human beings. He healed them of their disease. And sickness was simply a result of living in a fallen world. Sickness and sin are brothers, not cousins. They're brothers. Sin has a brother called sickness and disease. God doesn't want you physically sick. God doesn't want you play, paying, playing subpar. God doesn't want you being 100%. That's why Jesus come and through his stripes and by his stripes we are healed. We are healed. And we are because we started 2,000 years ago. We were healed then and we are healed now. Our job is to receive our healing. Our job is to build our faith. Our job is to deal with life and walk in that love and peace and grace that God has for us and walk in that, 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 that healing power that is available to us. You know, first of all, the healing come because it backed up Jesus' word ministry. Hard to argue with a man who teaches and what he is teaching makes the lame walk and lifting corpses from the grave. And secondly, Jesus did these things because he loved these people. I want to encourage you this week to invite people in love. Jesus was moved with compassion, not pressure. We're not going to be pressured into anything. Pressure is a result of the law. It's performance-based. It's performance-based. But I'm telling you, I've watched kids play for coaches beyond their ability uh, the last uh, 25 years now. I've watched coaches who kids knew loved them with all of their heart, whose kids knew they would pay a price for them, whose kids knew that they would do whatever it took to help them grow as a young man or young woman in case. One of the first person saw play the game was a woman. We had a young lady here who's now got three kids. She's one of the best defensive ends ever played in the league in Olam County. And as the last, she tackled one quarterback three straight times, three state series, and he was laying on his back. And I remember Carson walking over him, standing over him, said, she's a girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody forgot to tell her she's a girl. She'd rip your head off. Right, Coach? Jesus said, I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to prove to you it's true. And the manifestation of healing came because God loved people. And I'm asking you and me this week as we, as we pray about who we're going to ask, as we reach out, we're not afraid of excuses. We're not, uh, back to Luke 14 as I as wind this thing up. The guy prepared the meal, a great banquet of food and drink, sent out his servant, and he asked people, asked certain people. And certain people would say different things. One, one person said, I just got married. How many here is married? How many knows that excuse won't hold up much? How many say amen? The second he asked, will you come? He goes, you know what? I've just bought some oxen. I've got to go try them out. How many knows you should try out your tractor before you buy it? The third one said, I've just bought some property. I've got to go walk it. All these excuses. It infuriated the guy making the supper. So he said, here's what you do. You go invite people who can't help themselves. The lame, the broken, the bruised. You, you carry him in here if you have to. And he went and invited all the people who couldn't help themselves. And they filled up the place and the servant came to him and said, you know what, we still got some open seats. Jesus said, open it up to everybody. That's what, that's what the kingdom of God is, is opened up to everybody, isn't Amen. it? That's why some people have trouble people getting saved, turned on to God, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they buy it spiritually because they don't get caught in the law, in religious jargon, and they just love Jesus and just grow right through some things. And people get upset and say, well, I've been here forever and all this stuff. You know, like the prodigal son. He didn't, you know, his brother didn't know what he had. Let me say amen. So I want to encourage you, this power of unity, I want to encourage you, love and unity go hand in hand. Love and unity, God is good. 
Satan wants to keep us at odds. He wants us we're one, according to Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 4. One spirit, one Lord, one faith, one body. And I want to end with this today. Never quit reaching and believing for your miracle. They had a great feast. They had a great supper. They all received. But then Jesus said something about those who rejected it. They couldn't come in. We want to make it known to everybody you're invited to the kingdom of God. How many say amen? We want to let everybody know nothing can keep you out. Nothing you do. Nothing you've done. No color of your skin. No economic background. No lack of education. No too much education. And I want to close with these three brief things. And listen to this. Never, never, never quit reaching out. Never quit believing that you are a vessel to help people understand the teaching and preaching and the grace and healing power of God. Never give up on God answering your prayers. Never quit reaching out. Number one, warfare will always surround the birth of a miracle. Warfare. Keep praying. Keep standing. Get people to pray with you. Warfare will always surround the birth of a miracle. That's why we stand and we stand and we continue to stand and we continue to Well, you don't know what my kid's doing. You don't know what my grandparents are doing. You don't know what my state my mar marriage is in. All I know is warfare. Praying and declaring and believing what God says over me and you will never fail to produce a miracle of faith. Amen. We need to be ready for the storms. Not to be afraid of them. Be prepared for them. So we might lose a few shingles and a shutter too, but when the storm passes and it wills, our house will be intact. As for me and my house, we're going to what? Serve the Lord. He told his kids and grandkids, just like that 86-year-old woman, you think that's just once in a while she gets on that? Y'all have been around in her peak, hanging on the side of my pickup door, me driving off to purposely sin and telling me God loves you and God's got a call for you. And your brother and your, your sister and your cousins will follow you all the way to hell. It's hard to drink your way through that. That's why I want her to keep talking. How many say amen? How many believe she needs to talk more? How many say amen? And she never gave up. Oh, she stayed with me. She'd order me Bibles and I'd try to eat dinner. and She'd quote scripture. and She'd go through all kinds of things. Sanctification and the authority of the believer and all this stuff. And finally, I'd just give in to Jesus and give in to mom and went to Bible school. How many say amen? And my life's been a lot better. Warfare will always surround the birth of a miracle. Number two, champions. Say this with me. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. In Christ Jesus. In Christ. The Bible says you're all called to triumph in all things. Champions will make the extra effort to try one more time. What if Jalen Hurts had quit? What if he'd say, forget you. I started two years. Now you're pulling me in the championship game. Forget you, Coach Saban. I'm out of here. But he hung around. Evidently kept his heart halfway straight and evidently put them in a good place last night. God will always redeem your faith, your heart, your peace, and your integrity. If you allow him. Champions will make that extra effort to try one more time. Everybody say one more time. One more time. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times but keeps getting back up. Everybody say, I'm going to keep getting back up. I'm going to keep getting back up. And lastly, and we'll close with this. Man, I'm getting excited. I'm telling you, it's going to be the best Christmas ever. Miracles, listen guys, miracles of believing for people to come to Christ, people to come back to Christ, miracles for your very life, Miracles 
are not for the holy. That's what I grew up thinking. It's just for holy people, real good people, perfect people. How many of those is no perfect people? How many say amen? And don't go out here thinking mom's perfect because she ain't. Anyway. Right, mom? Amen. Just happened to raise beautiful, beautiful children. Well, had a couple there. No. Just a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen. Miracle, listen, miracles are not for the holy. They're for the hungry. Amen. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? What about, the, what about the lady kept knocking on the door of the judge? I come in. That's for Sheldon never said penny. Judge. 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 And the judge finally got up because she wouldn't quit knocking. I want to tell you something. Faith doesn't quit knocking. I'm here, Lord. I'm not down, Lord. I got up one more time, Lord, by your strength. I'm believing for that miracle in my life, Lord. You promised me because of your grace and your love. I'm here right, Lord. I'm believing for my son, my daughter, my grandson, my great-grandson, my wife, my ex-wife, my ex-husband. I'm believing for all these people. I'm believing for revival in Carroll County and surrounding counties of Kentucky. I'm believing for a move of God in Kentucky. I'm believing Kentucky will be the first state with no abortion. I'm believing. He'll get up. He'll get up. He'll get up. Like I told Carson, as a freshman, standing three rows back, he's playing on the kickoff team. He's playing on the punt team, subbing a little bit. He's fussing a little bit to me, so I don't get to play enough. I said, they ain't going to play you three rows back. Get up there and knock. Stand right under the, the defensive coordinator's arm. Stand right by JP. He's going to run over you three times, and the fourth time he's going to throw you in the game. You stay there until you graduate. Let me say amen. amen. This thing ain't for timid people. This thing ain't for just so kumbaya. The Bible says the violent take it by what? We take it in faith and love. I'm tired of burying people. I don't, I'm tired of burying some people. I don't know where they went. I want to bury people. I don't know where everybody goes. I want to say it's for me and my house. We're all ready. Let me say amen. Let's just love people into the kingdom. Let's love them into the kingdom. Let's never quit reaching and never quit preaching and never quit teaching and never quit healing and never quit loving people and never quit. Never, ever quit. And we, we may we never, ever quit and give up on God. Unless we get our spirits together, we'll never get our faith together. We're doing that, and I'm so proud of you guys, and I'm so thankful for you guys, and I'm telling you our best days are ahead. How many can say amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we're going to go find these overlooked folk, neglected folk, leftover folk. We're going to find them. Lord, some of us even feel that way ourselves. But we're affirmed in you, and we're engrafted in you, and we're elected to be in the family of God. And we're finding, according to your word and our relationship with you, that we're not overlooked, and we're not rejects. We're the apple of your eye. 